Hello and welcome to episode 102 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, and on this show we offer advice and design role-playing games. Now Chris says the introduction for this uh, podcast is Group Troop Wow. What what did you mean when you said and then sang that? I, I said Goop Troop. Oh, whoa. Which is interesting, because that's the... It's the theme tune from DuckTales. Yes, not Goof Troop. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't remember the theme song from Goof Troop. Oh, we all know it when the... Goop Troop! <laughs> it was just dark metal. No, 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 no. Goop Troop! It's a dog or a man! <laughs> He's both an asexual predator. <laughs> He's on a register! <laughs> it was just like this, the sound of a JCB turning on constantly <laughs> in the background. A high-pitched whine. Someone yes. throwing a theremin down the stairs. <laughs> With their grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, what did you mean? I me- What I meant was that merely Matt gave us a suggestion for a game called Goop Troop. Ah, I see. And... I don't have any idea of how to make a game of that that isn't terrifying. I imagine a it's a bit like it would be um, the mag, the massively massive army game. Yep. So you play like a 30, 40 side, like a troop of people, but all your powers are, uh, you know, they're like mud based, slime based, <laughs> but cream. It's not a sex thing, I unless you want it to be. Going, <laughs> yeah, that would be Goof Troop. This is Goop Troop. I know. Oh, so so Goofy's an unlockable character like Darth Maul. Yeah, like Slime Pope. <laughs> she's here. <laughs> of course she's here. But Hi. she's but she's Goofy's like cousin. Oh, uh, well, so she's also a dog. Yeah. Man. Woman. Thing. S- slug. Priest. Yeah. So yeah, that's our intro. <laughs> Look, Goop Troop just caught me off guard. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they caught you in a flanking manoeuvre. Yeah. Hey, here's a thing we can talk about in the intro. We've been playing The Division 2. We This have. time, it's even more divided. <laughs> this time, it's further apart. <laughs> <laughs> How far apart can these boys and girls get? We'll show you. Tom Clancy's ghost is here. Oh, poor Tom Clancy. Oh, I'm Tom Clancy, Don't and I endorse this game. Again. Why not put a laser on your gun? A drone is nearby. I didn't do this for political commentary. I just wanted you to shoot foreigners. I'm answering none of the important questions about future wars. <laughs> Don't test me. <laughs> yeah, it's fun though, isn't it? Shooting other people. Yeah. It's good it's fun, right? It's like it's it is actually quite good. And w- within seconds, we were doing flanking maneuvers and shit. Chris and I. Yeah, which is nice. Um, the character generation is interesting, and in then it lets you generate a range of lumpy people. Oh, they're so awful. There is no option for non-lump, which I guess I guess makes sense as they get shot for a living. So yes. you're gonna get you're gonna generate a certain amount of facial lump. Yeah, it's they're 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 knotty people, like a tree yes. of knotty. Yes, and Chris and I are playing online, and we have done our normal thing where we completely separately design our characters, and we basically make the same lesbian. <laughs> it's our it's our go to, and I love there it. There is there is some there is a, there is a truth 
about when Chris and I play an online co-op and we get to make our own characters, we will independently make pretty much identical lesbians, who I presume canonically are dating. Well, you see, it's it's become such a thing now that I believe that it's 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 a love for the ages. It's a multi it's a multi dimensional love story. It's like the Eternal Champion. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, we had we we had some pretty in, intimate moments in Grand Theft Auto, where where I was I was just an investment banker, and you pulled me into a life of crime. You went. You you you, you like to go mountain biking on the weekend. I did. <laughs> that, that's how I play Grand Theft Auto. I just go for a bike ride. I've got to say, like, so your your interaction with Grand Theft Auto Five was to get it, play it through until you were allowed to go online, then go online and do no crimes. Yes. <laughs> However, I made an awful lot of money. You made a shit ton of money investing in the stock market, and then your girlfriend shows up. Hey, babe. <laughs> we started knocking over supermarkets for cash I didn't need. I did need it. I needed to buy high heel shoes. You did. Anyway, um, should we get on, should we get on with the show? Yes, yes. But I, should I, we help some people? I, I kind of I kind of want to just reminisce about our love our love story now. But no, no, it wasn't no, enough. no. We've got a job to do. This is this isn't the reminiscence podcast. This is the help podcast. Oh, that's true. We'll do the reminiscence podcast after. We'll do that private. Just for us. So, why don't you ask me a question? I my, will my, ask my, you a question. My my beautiful investment banker girlfriend. <laughs> well, to continue can to continue from the author of Goop Troop. Mm-hmm. Merely Matt asks more interesting paladin oaths. Hmm, paladin oaths are kind of rubbish, aren't they? Like, what is, what is the, the, the standard? What is the default paladin uh, in its To defend the defenseless. To protect the weak. To, to wear shinier armor than everyone else. Sh- to make a fuck ton of noise when they're trying to get into a castle quietly. <laughs> Everything I do is a statement. <laughs> I think you could, you could replace the, tr- the paladin in most parties with an explosive trumpet. <laughs> I don't know. I think just somebody who is so obsessed with themselves... Mm. And not God often. No. Clerics go in for the God thing, but Pallies are very rarely actually bothered about Jeebus or whatever fantasy Jeebus you've got going on. Yeah. Pelor or whatever you call them these days. Hey, come to think of it, why aren't there more messiahs in D&D? Why aren't there more, like, chiseled Nephilim, like, like Jeebus was? Because that's the party. Well, I'm not... You'd, you'd, I you'd mean, be stealing thunder, my friend. I mean, but like, like rather than having a god, having someone, yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? If you had an NPC, that's a and like, NPC. and like, come to think of it, you do get that on the bad side, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like half, half devil people show up and they're like, I'm gonna be all the children, and also but... look good in bars, <laughs> just bars, but. You don't get that for the good side. I think an interesting paladin oath. Okay, now we, we, we can make jokes about this, or we can give serious grown-up answers. Right. Well, I, guess, I guess both is what we want. So what I'm asking from you, Chris, is either of those. <laughs> Please provide me with content. Mm-hmm. And our listeners. Um, so I'm thinking that what we do is we just change the way the oath works in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because what you've got is you've got your standard paladin oath, which is dull and adhering to the tenets and dogma of a dull religion nine times out of ten. Be a fighter. Be a fighter, but you know what? Higher purpose. Why not? Yeah, why not? Downgrade your higher purpose a little bit. Let's Mm. just dial that back. What if you have a paladin of an order? 
Go on. Just to put it so that it's not um, campaign centre specific, mm-hmm. the Masons. Okay. You know, like a group, a guild. Um, and they're kind of like an agent. Yes, who are obsessed with the ideals and the um, moral systems mm-hmm. of a group and what they represent. So yeah. you could have a paladin of like the Woodworkers Guild. That's kind of fun. And like you could have like a chisel, that would yeah. be your, and a plane, that would be your holy weapon. And you'd smite cabinet. Well, smite evil cabinet. Yeah, well, obviously. You could also have a paladin who was, say, devoted to a city or to a place. So, that, like, if you if, nice. if you wanted to have a, because like the problem with your standard Dungeons and Dragons is you travel around a lot, so you can't really tie yourself to a place in that way. Mm. Except two ways around that. One, you have a game set in a big city. Or a or a general area which the paladin is like, oh, I'm keeping this place safe from monsters. I am God Police. And I'm here to do my job. Secondly, you have a nomadic travelling paladin who protects a caravan. Like and that. they are like they have a they have a church on wheels which they <laughs> It's always a church on wheels with you. I just think churches could do with wheels. You have a church on wheels that joins the caravan. That is that is the spiritual centre of the caravan. And like the, the elders meet there and they've got a big round table. They all come and sit around. And the paladins are an order of protectors who make sure the caravan keeps ticking along. What about if you focus that even more? Um, and you have a, a paladin of an ideal. Like the roads should be safe for all. Mm, except if they fuck with me. Yeah. But, like, so you have a paladin who's more of an itinerant vagabond. Like, constantly walking paths. Yeah. Dealing with bandits, making sure there's enough, like, roadside shrines are maintained. Yeah. Somewhere for people to sit down and get a drink, you know. A paladin who enforces proper sword ownership laws. (laughs) So, gun control paladin. And so, having, like, like, making people pass proficiency tests with their swords... And if it looks like they're going to use the swords for uh, for ill purposes, then confiscating those swords. Not necessarily hurting the people, just taking their swords away. And throwing them in a big lake. I mean, if you've got a paladin who's like spent all their feet on disarm abilities, that really works. And actually, come to think of it, just collect the swords. Yeah, they've just got like a carrier bag, just full of swords. I figure they might... Cause I, I, I don't know. I don't know much about swords and carrier bags, but I think that might not be a long-term solution. You want at least a bag for life. Sure. So, so, or so, something point, made of hessian. A bag for death. <laughs> but there's there's kind of a nice image of a paladin who every time they defeat someone in combat takes their sword and then adds it adds adds the sword and the scabbard to their back, and so they've got like forty fucking swords. And like, then, it, it would work in an anime more than a more than, yeah. a, more than a game. But, or, or, the, or they like they're on these very long journeys, and at the end of uh, journeys, they go back to home base wherever that is, mm-hmm. and deposit the swords. Yeah, like like so, like, bu- like bury the swords to point down in the ground. Yeah. So you've got like these enormous fields of sword graveyards. Yeah. Where it's just a handle poking up. And there's people maintaining it, you know, clipping the grass, etc. Presumably with yeah. the sword. And, and presumably like watering the watering the sword so they'll grow into big powerful sword trees. Which <laughs> yes. is where which is where swords come from. One day you'll be an axe. <laughs> a real weapon. One day you'll be a Zweihander, my boy. <laughs> Flamberge, you look slightly curly to me. 
That's more of a bonsai. That's more of a bonsai sword. I'm terribly sorry. The flambeur has gone a bit leggy, sir. <laughs> oh no, it's a pectigui's arm. We've got weeds. I'd like to ask you a question, please. Anonymous asks, "Any Dove RPG? Pref?" They go on to say, "Pref." I presume preferably pref free and somewhat like Star Wars. Actual what? Any Dove RPG? Don't just repeat it. Preferably free and somewhat like Star Wars. <laughs> That's got to be a, like a typing error, or is this is this Hatterful Boyfriend Murder Edition? See, well, I mean Space Edition. Hell yeah! Uh, so I'm I'm thinking the. Either this person really likes doves and wants to be a dove, and given some of the shit I turn out, it's not out of the question there would be a dove RPG. Yeah, I mean, just change bird to bear, whatever. And it, it would be free. Um, but either that or dove is a is some sort of niche of anime I don't know. That's you know? entirely possible. Dove is like when boys put on aprons and jack each other off in boxes or something. <laughs> in boxes? Yeah, you know. I've just got a new telly. You want to come over and get in a box? <gasps> Senpai, why would he leave his box on the show like that if he didn't want me to get in and jack him off? <laughs> because I just moved. This box is everywhere. Backer! <laughs> <laughs> we have a very loose understanding of anime. I am anime. I know anime. I write anime. None of that's true. I'm profoundly Japanese. That's true. Yeah. No, I've seen some anime. I watched Yuri on Ice again. It was great. Please watch it. <laughs> Everyone, Chris, doubly so. Please you watch are it. somewhat of a of a Yuri on Ice evangelist. Oh, I love it. It's great. I watch those boys jack each other off in boxes all day long. <laughs> Aprons or none. My question. So, so, so. Let's assume this isn't some weird niche anime fetish thing. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's assume that this is a game where you play dubs. Yes. Now, the second thing is, when he says, sorry, when this person says, like Star Wars, I'm presuming they mean mechanically. Now, do they mean Saga System or Genesis? Because I'm hoping Genesis, because then we can get some birdie-themed dice. Uh, Well, you can't change the symbols on the dice. There's no names for them. Shit. (laughs) I assume the Star Wars ones just had, like, lightsabers for the one, or whatever it was. No, I I believe they have a generic dice, but they come in different colours. Um, also, they don't have numbers on. No, they don't, do they? No, they're they're inscrutable. Um, <laughs> and I find I find it very hard to read the book because you look at it and it's like when star equals circle with light round it. Yeah, like how do I read that aloud? Yeah. How do I like? How do I? It seems like an accessibility problem. Yeah. When like, you roll um, error, Wrath and Glory, the new forty k RPG. Yes, you've been raving about this, haven't you? It's pretty good, actually. Raving's probably a strong word. Sorry, um, uh, talking enthusiastically to me about it in private. Yes, it is very much um, Dark Heresy, but good. Which is all I really wanted from a 40k RPG. Pretty Um, much. But, like, successes in that are referred to as icons. You can have exalted icons and things like that. And that's already a a little bit of a step too far for me. Mm. And that just uses normal dice, and then they're throwing in, you know, what birds on a d6 for this Dove RPG, <laughs> and then Fantasy Flight need to back off. Honestly, let's assume it's Genesis based. Okay, um, which is basically Warhammer Fantasy Third Ed, but without the risk dice. It's 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 a confusing mess. Is what mm-hmm. I mean. Yes, 
how do we write a game about dubs? What is the story about dubs we want to help people tell? I can think of an RPG whereby you're not playing doves, but doves are important. Is that a dove RPG? Like, see, that's the thing. Like, it, I, I, there's a really interesting thing to do with like end of species stuff. Okay. In in sci-fi, hmm. like in cyberpunk, when you when you get to eat real meat, mm. or somebody owns a bird. Yeah, that's fun. Um, and like a really far end sci-fi like Star Wars where like the last dove is in existence mm, and, you're, and you're you're protecting it and carrying it around yeah that's, that's a really cool image I'd actually just like to completely undo what I said and say it should be nothing like Star Wars mechanically but everything like it in the fiction <laughs> okay so just Star Wars but everyone is a dove okay so wait no sorry <laughs> everyone aside from Obi-Wan Kenobi is a dove <laughs> It's just who is just still a, that Alec, little boy from Train Spotting. It's Alec Guinness. Oh, you want Alec Guinness? Alec, Alec Guinness chasing a dove around the desert. The best thing about Alec Guinness is is he did a lot of uh, war films, right. an awful lot of war films, and he has he can't turn his voice off. No, it's Alec like, Guinness. But you know how like a lot of actors can do a different voice. Yeah, Alec Guinness cannot. Mm. He literally can't turn it off, and he's just in this in this bar in some godforsaken town during a war film, and he goes, "I will have a strawberry daiquiri," <laughs> and that's just how I imagine Obi Wan Kenobi talking forever. <laughs> yes, a strawberry daiquiri, and you will become stronger. He looks like a man who drink he drink a strawberry daiquiri. Oh, he's a he's a daiquiri boy, or no indeed doubt. anything he found. <laughs> I think he was a huge drinker, actually. Well, like he lives—he lives in the desert by himself. Oh, and you mean you mean Obi-Wan Kenobi? Oh, right. Well, no, Alan Guinness. So uh, another thing, which a lot, lot, a, lot of, a lot of people don't know about this: Star Wars was shot around Alan Guinness when they went and interrupted his desert home. Yeah, that makes. They sense. just yeah, they just threw um, Mark Hamill at him, and and like yeah, a, a, a lot of the a lot of the ideas around the Force prima de is just Alan Guinness's. Um, midnight Drunken ravings. ravings. <laughs> so, the the big the big weapon in Star Wars is your lightsaber. Yeah, your your, your plasma sword. I suppose technically the big weapon is the Death Star, but go on. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> or the Death Star Two. We've built it bigger. Yeah, and then which happens? And then, then the really big Death Star, which takes place in the. Um, in the the first sequel, the first the first of the new sequels, is that one where they've like hollowed out a planet for it? Um, I think it hollows out planets. There's there's one where it's I like built so, yeah. into a into a plan into a I, trench around a planet. I'll be honest, I don't really remember. It's it's a crazy amount of moments. Anyway, so the the good thing about the lightsaber vis-a-vis doves mm-hmm. is that is the lightsaber is already deadly, like crazy right. deadly to to anything. Just tie it to a bird. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> one of the problems with the dove is that they are incredibly flammable. That's one of the many problems with doves. <laughs> so adding lightsabers to the mix isn't actually going to make it any worse, is my thinking. <laughs> so what we do is, you know that little, little messenger thing you put on... Pigeons. Yeah, yeah, the, the little, cuff, the little, little cuff tube. Yeah, the, uh, the that, information anklet. 
but it's a, but but we put a lightsaber in there, a little tiny one. Oh, a little tiny one. A little tiny one. So like a six inch lightsaber. Right. So that pen, when, and then we just release the light them. pen knife. Yeah. Right. We release them and hope Star Wars happens. <laughs> and hope they just get smart and learn to use it. No, no. It's a it's a it's, it's a war scheme, a tactic, a ploy. Oh, I see. And the, the chaos caused by them li- by like landing on phone lines <laughs> and immediately cutting through the phone line. And themselves. <laughs> but some will land on themselves, yes. <laughs> you know, I was, I was envisaging the same thing, but with a full length lightsaber. <laughs> Again, every just character. Just slowly lower as the lightsaber melted the floor. Every character is so familiar. Guinness. <laughs> Leia, so, dove. Han so Solo, dove. Is, is Chewbacca, is, three doves. Just take Star Wars, yeah. change absolutely nothing except the costuming and and the species of the actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it says species, well, I hate to break it to you, all the actors were human, but where it and, says species on, on the character sheet, just write down dove Yep. and then gloss over everything else. Also, uh, cross out any languages. Yeah, they, well, can they, they can't even speak to each other because they're fucking idiots. They're doves. Like, what are they going to do? They're doves. I guess like, they, they've got like some rudimentary calls. Yeah, you've got mating calls and things like that, but you don't yeah. have, I'll flank him. You can't have, like, you can't communicate the Death Star plans in dove. No. Although, R2-D2, the closest to being a dove. Quick. Go on. Well, he's the smallest. Mainly white, well, like doves, and completely incomprehensible, and makes sort of chirps and beeps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got a question. <laughs> I've got a question about the robots. Okay, are they doves or do they stay as robots? And then my my follow up question is: if they stay as robots, do they know everyone else is a dove? So the important thing to note here is that they are robots this time who have been made by doves. <laughs> So they are non-functioning <laughs> They are non-functional lumps of metal. They are bad statues. They are tied to four or five doves and dragged through the plot. <laughs> Stud doves wearing black, like stagehands. <laughs> no, wearing, wearing like those bright green Zentai suits so they can edit them out. Right, right, Editing right. Editing also done by doves. Yeah, I'm, wow, this is gonna, I mean, the, the promotion is going to be hard. It's a passion project. Yeah, by a, a dove. <laughs> With a lot of money. Why don't you ask me a question, Christopher? Because we've been talking about doves for 15 minutes. We've been, yeah, we've been going on for this quite a bit. Um, Will asks, what are interesting and good ways of using less represented cultures in cyberpunk settings, whereas technology is a real bad example of how to do that? I had to look up as technology. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a um, Shadowrun thing. They are the I think they're the second biggest corporation. They're, they're up there. So is, is it just called as technology? Yes. Oh. And they are they are South American. Um, they are they use a lot of Aztec imagery and also wizards and also robot arms because Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. I I don't get why people like Shadowrun so much, Chris. I don't understand. No, it's right. not. It's not 1984 anymore. You wrote that article expressly explaining that. Where you still no, 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 no. I wrote that article saying I know why people don't like Shadowrun Fifth Ed. I don't know why they're like. Oh, I, I love the setting. Hate the rules. Why? 
Just because you can play a troll with a rocket launcher. I yeah, I've like as a as a huge fan of Cyberpunk, I have never had any interest in Shadowrun whatsoever. Listen, if if you go back to someone's house and you can see that they have Shadowrun and they play Shadowrun, don't fuck them. <laughs> they need to learn. <laughs> Checks bookshelf. No, I'm good. I think I've I've actually got a fifth, but that was a present. Also, don't don't, don't fuck me. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, um, yeah. So, oh, you want me to answer? Yeah, I asked the question. You get to answer it. That's how call and response oh, yeah. works. Yeah, I remember now. Um, so on the on the Discord, we had had a chat about this and questions discussion. And what's the name of the chap? Nathan uh, put in. He linked to a, uh, a nomadic Mongolian yak herders using mobile phones and solar panels to communicate with one another and with other other cultures. And the idea of rural cyberpunk is really cool. Yeah, I it's really like that cool. idea because at that point, this like the cyber or like, um, like you can there's some elements of rural cyberpunk. What once once you get into like generally in scrapyards. Or on the fringes of society, you have something close to that. But I'd like something that wasn't necessarily like about poverty and about trying to like scrape off the underside or like the the underside of a city, but actually existing in a different culture, existing in the existing in the woodlands of Germany, and also you were a robot. Well, you have robot legs. <laughs> yeah, that's a robot. That's that's subtly different. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of a neat idea. Like. Specifically, you looking at their Bavarian countryside plus robot. Mm. Um, just experiencing those different and weird, uh, from, from our perspective, mm. um, cultures, it kind of automatically becomes cyberpunk in some ways. Because, because it's an alternate culture from the dominant one. Not, no, no, I mean, it's not just from necessarily from the dominant one, but from the one you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Every like you as a person every day, yeah. Um, like the culture of rural India mm. is so removed. Not like, like looking at it as with positives and negatives, but it's just no, but it's, so it's very different. Different. Yeah. Um, and like I have a friend who does futurology, mm. and their Twitter is just filled with stuff like people retrofitting Christmas lights with UV bulbs. And then hanging those over their crops. Ah. So they get more daylight. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's amazing. And they're just in this, like, dust wilderness. I think think the challenge that that will set us is quite difficult, because we're not a less represented culture. No. We are a very represented culture. I am everywhere. Yeah. you're, you're, You're all things. I think the thing which I struggle with is I don't... What are interesting and good ways of using less represented cultures in cyberpunk settings, we'd have to hire the authors to do it. Because I, ca- yeah. I can't authentically write about rural India. No, that's I mean, not really true. I, I I'd have problems writing about rural Scotland, and I'm basically from there. <laughs> so I think one of the few that's done this kind of, as technology, in quotation marks, really, really well in cyberpunk is Netrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, bizarrely a card game. Um, has done it very well, but they set a lot of their stuff in Mumbai, mm. um, and they've integrated the the culture there perfectly into their business practices and and the, the whole cyberpunk world. You know the whole underhand thing. 
Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like they've gone, um, we need representation. Uh, 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 India! <laughs> you know? Throw a dart. Yes. Yeah. Um, it feels like they've really, they've really wired it in. And that's a really good example of it. I, I will say as well, like, this is the way in which they used Chinese and Firefly. I mean, like, mm. Joss Whedon is difficult now, and it wasn't obviously perfect, but the way in that it was about, like, like effectively, Mal and a lot of the crew were a minority culture within that sphere. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so seeing like actually like these guys these guys are on the edges of civilization and civilization is Chinese now. Yes. And that was and that was that was quite a good way of a, a good way of, of of showing that less represented culture in certainly Western media by having it as like that's the default. Yeah, and especially because obviously the show focused on the Western aspects in both senses of the word. Yep. Um, you you saw the the dominance in the background. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the uh, most of the signs are in Chinese. Mm. Um, they swear in Chinese. Yeah, I mean that's just to avoid putting in space swearing, which is the worst. It doesn't sound good. Wheaton's quite good at the um, at, at slang. You'll yes. know, like the, 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 if, if you ever go if you ever go uh, go and watch Buffy, it, it, the language doesn't seem dated because no one ever spoke like that. Yeah, they yeah, use their own fantastic. weird. It always has. Yeah. They use their own weird shit, which I was quite impressed with. Like, everything else seems dated. What's yes. this internet you're talking about? I don't trust the internet, Buffy. I saw it once. It, it spooked me. Showed me a picture of a naked man within ten minutes, and I wasn't quite ready to ready for that. I'm, I think that was the worst Anthony Stewart head impression I could have done. Yeah. I mean, I was. I, I got the right country. <laughs> yes, you nailed it down geographically. <laughs> so let me let, let me just let me just. Okay. okay. Anthony Stewart had Buffy. Now, you, now Buffy, you must listen to now. Now Buffy, you must listen to me. Now Buffy, you now Buffy, you must listen to me. <laughs> Oi, Buffy! Oh, Would I you imagine that vampire? <laughs> oh, oh, put oh, a ju- such a gripe. Put a jumper on, Buffy. That tube top, tube top won't protect you against early nineties cold. All of you are too sexually attractive to the jobs you're doing. <laughs> Now, I, as a librarian, I'm allowed to look refined and beautiful. I think you'll find on page 34, actually, you kill a werewolf by just, by just killing it. Like, it's just a thing to shoot it. I really like the idea of all of Charles's... All of Giles' footage is just a shot of a very dark alcove with some hands coming forward with a book. (laughs) (laughs) You just hear these wet Yorkshire noises. Yes, Buffy, you are the slayer. I think mainly I just love saying Buffy. Buffy. Um, (laughs) Is it time to move over to the other half of the podcast? I think it it should be so that we start talking about doves. We need to, we need doves and Buffy. We need to have we we really need to nail down the theme tune. We do. You should, you um, should sing it, and then we'll, we'll find okay. an accurate representation of that on the okay. internet. Hang on, hang on. <clears throat> section. Uh, no, How was that was that not it? No. If, if anybody listening to this owns a guitar or a piano, yeah. 
please do not us. record what Grant just did. Do not record. Please provide us with a, a musical piece of more than five notes, but less than lots. Yeah, like like a, a jingle or a sting. Oh, for exposure, Chris. Exposure, Chris. I'm. I'm excited, but also uncomfortable. I know. In right? the in that one of our business practices is always pay people. <laughs> yeah, we're paying them in exposure. Except you, asshole. <laughs> yeah. No. We're... No, I I will simply learn how to write music. Yeah. Uh, how about um uh, games design? No, that's that's just semi-sonic, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck. Games design. design. You don't have to go home, but you do have to listen to this. Yeah, okay, sure. Anyway, welcome to the game design section of the podcast. Word up. Word up. We are going to design some games. Coman Fullard writes in, The Epic of Gilgamech. (laughs) Ancient Babylonian mechanised horses. The world's oldest novel is is because like there's an awful lot of gods just knocking the tar out of each other or like jacking each other off in boxes or is that explicitly anime that's just dove okay that's just um uh dove play <laughs> which does not involve doves or the, or the soap because that that's a bad thing to use in that well you could oh no it dries out real quick no that's true you have to rinse it off I, I, I'm, I'm sure they've got like moisturizer or something sure uh, anyway, point is, um, it is. Uh, I I really like the I, I like the story of Gilgamesh. I think it's cool. It is a bit long. It's a bit archaic, given that it's the oldest thing in existence that is words. <laughs> kind of the definition of uh, of archaic. It is. It is the dictionary definition of archaic. So I think I'd like to see it updated with giant robots. Yes, um, especially the big Babylonian winged horse fellas. Yeah, the, the sort of the the, the centaurs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think those, those kind of those kind of gate guardians would be real solid for that. They would because like they just sort of and all like the like the concrete and bricks are crumbling off them or clay. I guess it's Babylonian. The concrete, uh, the, the clay is crumbling off them. They sort of stomp forward, yeah. and then Have and then you Gilgamesh, my cubist beard, and then Gilgamesh is like, "Come at me, bitches!" and punches a load of them, and then and then and then his girlfriend's like. I'm going to go invent sickness. I don't remember a lot of Gilgamesh. I think someone fucks a bull. Or I kills a bull. Them. The, the bull of heaven is there. The bull of heaven gets released and that's a bad thing. And then Gilgamesh, I think, is like, come on, lads, let's go get the bull. And he and his, he and his best buds go and, and round it up. And then fuck it? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Let's just say anyway. tell you what happens. Maybe this wasn't such a great idea. What have you got? <laughs> uh, Monkey Knife Fight by Wayne Peters. Well, I think it's... I mean, Peter would definitely be interested in it, wouldn't they? Yes. I mean, we'd get a lot of free advertising from them saying, please don't play this abhorrent game. I'm fairly sure that's all Peter's for now. Mm. They're, just a, they're just a really well-cloaked PR company. They're a guerrilla marketing scheme. <laughs> Marketing gorillas. Oh, I get it. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Fabulous. But yeah, they they they, uh, they they had a thing at Games Workshop saying, "Hey, if the space wolves are so double hard, why are they wearing fur?" Because they killed a fucking wolf. If they killed a fucking wolf with their bare hands. Like, that's pretty. That's pretty badass. Yeah, like it's it's not like it's not for fashion. However, I like the idea of having having a very almost like a um, what's the word a 
Nidog style, that sort of tight two-player game with very limited mechanics. Okay. Given that you were in that you are both monkeys, you both have a knife, and your other arm is tied to the other monkey's arm. <laughs> See, I, I was envisioning envisioning who had the knife as being subtly different there. Oh, okay. I'm imagining that it again one-on-one combat. Yeah. Nidhogg monkey style. v monkey. How no, man oh. v man. Right. Human versus human. Mm-hmm. However, you have a monkey who has a knife. Oh. So there's a couple more moves there. So like you can you can hold the monkey high, you can hold the monkey mid, you can hold the monkey low. Terribly and attack sorry. at those points. I I sorry sorry. There's been a misunderstanding. Do you both have a monkey with a knife? Oh yes. I was imagining there was a loose monkey with a knife, like a loot goblin running around. And if you could get the monkey, you could have its knife. I do like that, but oh, I'm thinking oh, like, he's going for the monkey. Projectile monkey knives. Mm, so the monkey is badly trained, but trained. Yeah, in like knife it's, fighting. It's loyal, but not smart. What? I'm. I think you're going to end up having a lot of monkey on monkey violence. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the point? Rather than taking down the man, you have to take down the monkey. Well, no. You so you've got essentially you've got three monkeys in reserve. Oh, there's a third. Oh, right. Okay. It's like Pokemon. Yeah. Mm. Um, and every time your monkey dies, you go through another monkey until it's just you. <laughs> every time, yeah. Or like every time point, your monkey's forced to retire. No. At which point, oh, you, it's have death. To, you have to sift through the remains of your previous friends to find a knife to murder the other man in there. Right. So, so the monkeys are like extra lives. Sort of. Yes. They're right, plated okay. armor. Right. Okay. I'm increasingly uncomfortable with this. And I'm kind of kind of impressed that we started it off as two monkeys stabbing each other, and then you made it worse. Mm. Yes, I I do especially like that it ended in a cage rather than in a in a platform or anything. Well, I mean, what 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 if they don't want to fight each other? You've got to have a slowly constricting cage. Oh no, no, it's not a big cage. Yeah, it's, but like, but it's it's it like it gets smaller, it pushes them together, or is it like just there's, there's enough room for three monkeys in there, and we, and we put two monkeys in? No, so. There's two people in a cage right. fighting each other with monkeys who hold knives. Right. It's and, you're, and you're holding the monkey. And you're holding the monkey. That's the only way you've right. got to, to, to survive this. I don't, I don't like this. I, uh, I went down a dark path and I feel bad. Yeah, you've, you've taken us down a dark route. Ted Brandt writes in, The Manchurian Candy Date. A dating sim where you have to work out which of your potential suitors is also a secret agent plotting your nation slash company's downfall. I like the idea of a dating sim which has which has um like a like Battlestar Galactica crossed with uh, Fog of Love. Okay. Because Fog of Love already has like some like hidden hidden roles and hidden objectives going through there. Yes, but you want to add Cylons. Yeah. Well, what I'm after is it's a it's a board game. So it's a, it's, it's, we, we all sit down, we play a board game, and it, it, it's, it runs a bit like The Bachelor, but it's crossed with the mole. Okay. So you are you are trying to find love, uh, and also presumably a fat stack of cash, um, by shacking up with this. Are you aware of The Bachelor as a concept? Vaguely, yes. In that there is there is a man, generally sort of good looking and in, inevitably wealthy, and. They're, and like they go to an island, I think, or definitely a, a zone, and a load of women compete for his affection. Oh, that's that's healthy. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and then and then like they'll and also there's a prize 
like if you if you shag the guy. Um, oh well, yeah, that's super healthy. Sorry, yeah, if you good. enter if you enter into a relationship with a guy, that's a problem. Yeah, super healthy, uh-huh. super not, super not problematic at all. Don't yeah. know why it's been going on for so long. But anyway, I'm mean, still voluntary. Yeah, it's all voluntary. You know, no one's no, no one's forced into it. It's very very strange, and I think I'd like to have some more underhanded things in there. Like one one person is not actually interested in dating the guy, but wants to steal everyone else's credit card numbers. <laughs> See, I was thinking that somebody was just like. Um, a psychologically conditioned assassin, and it's just sta- it's right. So it's standard um, blind date, but if you accidentally say the the wrong keyword, they're activated. <laughs> the keyword is lotta lotta, <laughs> and it just murders whoever said that word. Still, I know. <laughs> um, that that that's kind of interesting. So so the man. The Mercurian candidate. There is a there is someone who is who is who is being activated and acting against their their best interests. They don't know what's going on, so like they're they're in the dark. So like you've kind of got a random element from the game where someone will play a card and then that person will do things or like this will happen. You have to work out who did the thing. But I also like the idea of learning these learning these trigger words and being able to send the Mercurian candidate against your rival suitors. Yeah, so it's like an overly complicated version of One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Yes. But it's not necessarily about killing people. The end goal is to date somebody. Like, if you but want to kill people, some murder. fine. Like, if you want to, if you want to kill someone because they're a threat, fine. You can't yeah. do it yourself. You have to get the Mercurian candidate to do it. <laughs> yes. There's some... There's something quite charming about that. Plus, we've never done a board game, and I feel no. like spending a lot of money on something that, that that tanks the business. Yeah, and I mean those those Kickstarters hit like six, seven mil every day. Mmm, mmm. We'd need to put in a lot of superfluous fantasy races, I think, and some miniatures. Miniatures, miniatures with miniatures with big titties. That seems to be the thing. That seems to be the thing which gets Kickstarter salivating at the fucking those ladies chops. Bring in the dollar. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if we get every female model sort of bending over, even even if she's got a sword, mm-hmm. that would be great. Just 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 have her sticking out that ass and titties. <laughs> now, what about <laughs> what about titties. titties? What about a lion that was also a dick? I would like to query your use and context of the word dick. The face. The face is a penis. The face is a bell end. <laughs> I think that could work. That's a model from Kingdom Death. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's. I thought you were joking, but that's actually no, no. There's a dick lion. Please put, please put forward an idea and wash this taste out of my mouth. <laughs> of dick lions. Wash this lion dick out of my mouth. Uh, so Evan Saft puts forward a dark and stormy night. With a K. The night, the night has a wink, essentially. <laughs> Noir medieval detectives. I kind of like the idea of noir medieval detectives because no one had a fucking clue about police procedure back in those days. Exactly. Like, you've not got anything, like, fingerprinting. You've got just, like, mm, I reckon it was the witch. Prithee, this man, what a sinner. Kill him. <laughs> Prick his thumbs. If he doth bleed, we bans. <laughs> it's just... Hang on, is this just Cadfile? Yeah, I mean that is that is Cadfield, but uh, but but it, one it's noir, and two I think Cadfield might have used some science. Yes, no, no science allowed. No, it's like like you are you are you are pronouncing God's judgment. Fuck your knights as well, so you can actually go around and enforce the law. Yeah, so we're looking at eyewitness testimony and dunking uh-huh. ducking stalls. Yeah, like that's that's about the limit. You're like 
I reckon it was it was Gavin. Yeah, having a really Gavin. good reckon. Yeah, yeah. But it would be God's reckon. So you see, Evan Saft also writes in. When, when when you said Evan's name, I thought I thought you were going to suggest Lich. Please, you're a bunch of liches on a re- reality show. I I fear that that is almost identically the game we recently made. With the, what, the, the Manchurian one Candidate. Oh, right, yeah, 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 but you're liches. But you've got to pick between three liches. Well, what if it was America's next top lich? That's good. So you've got um, the uh, the shimmering void that was once Tyra Banks. <laughs> just, just, this, just this inky blackness. An inky blackness, and occasionally the, um, the, the an inverted image of an owl will appear in it. Yeah. And yet, somehow, and, it still looks like weirdly stunning in heels. Yeah, yeah, like it's still obviously t- like Tyra. Yeah, but um, it's just, just again, shimmering void. Uh, and she wants to judge who is like who is the most hip and happening lich, and then the um, the winner gets a dungeon. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take it away from hip and happening in quite okay. a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna veer back towards um, ancient English great Lloyd Grossman. Okay. Um, and suggest that Lich Please, in fact, is something about through the keyhole for phylacteries. <laughs> Who would live in a ring like this? <laughs> so for those of you that didn't get to experience <laughs> through the keyhole, it was two weird old men. It was, it, was, it, was, it was David Frost, wasn't David it? David Frost and Lloyd Grossman. David, I, I want you to imagine a British newsreader. Older... That's the one. Um, and David Frost would present, and somebody would be a contestant. And, like, and they, they never really got, like, would... I, think, I think they had, like, three... Va- Did they have famous people on? Something they had, like, like minor that, celebrities. Yeah. And Lloyd Grossman would slither through a celebrity's house. Lloyd Grossman now makes pasta sauce. Yeah. He would slither, climbing the stairs like some sort of repellent snake. Using, and... using every joint in his body. Yeah, too many. So many. Mm. And yeah. look in people's knicker drawers <laughs> with the aid of a camera. And then the celebrities have to go, hmm, I think that is Peter Schofield's house. It's not. Ah. And that's the entire game. You see, there is, there is another element to that. One, so two more things I want to mention about, about Through the Keyhole. One, Lloyd Grossman had a voice which is indefinable. I it's, believe I believe it's New York, but he doesn't disgusting. sound like anyone from the. It's it's live in a house like this. Is that 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 was the that was the tagline that was kind of the catchphrase. You know when you see a thick liquid and you don't know what it is, and you don't <laughs> want to put your hand in it, that's Lloyd Grossman's voice. Now the second thing about it is, the audience knew who it was. Yes. So the audience, yes, because you've was, seen the celebrity, like blindly waving, like yeah. they're not in a hostage video. There'd be a celebrity there, and then Lloyd Grossman would 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 slowly walk around and say, "I can see there's a lot of cookbooks on the wall. Clearly, someone who's interested in the culinary side of things." And it was Paul Gascoigne. It was yeah, it was Paul Gascoigne. And then and then the and then the the the, the minor celebrities who they got in. Again, I think it was celebrities would say. Ah, so um, obviously this person is some sort of TV chef, and the and like David Frost would never say whether they were right or wrong. The audience would play this warmer, colder game with them. Yes, 
Where I've if, forgotten that. If they said something that was vaguely right, they'd applaud, like, they'd, they'd clap, like, I was going to say they'd clap like dogs, but dogs can't clap. <laughs> like they'd clap. They'd, 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 they'd howl like excited dogs. And, and and then if they didn't say anything, if, if they said something was wrong, they'd just be perfectly silent. Yeah. And just... so and so half the show was someone saying, uh, so I think it seems to me like, like maybe they're a footballer. And there'd just be crickets and a tumbleweed going across the... No? No? Okay. So it's that, but but a tour of a phylactery room. Hmm. Like, I think it's Vecna? Yeah. You know? Is it Vecna? Just like, there's, there's like a, a sunglasses rack and only one of the eyes is used. <laughs> and things like that. Clearly this lich has an eye out for trouble. Oh, yeah. That. Clearly, this lich would like to give you a hand. <laughs> Please don't do that ever again. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm, 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 you know what? Alexander wept because there are no more liches to make jokes about. <laughs> Squirrel DM writes in Britney Spears. Now, I'm going to read this with um, all the full punctuation that has been given to this from Squirrel DM, which is barely any. Okay. Britney Spears armed with spears and other celebs with weapon-based names must do battle and defeat the evil villain who no one knows his name, but he wears a black cowl. Spoilers, it's Simon Cowell. <laughs> I, I do. I do like the idea of Britney Spears as a sort of warrior queen. I think, I think like, she's, I think she could pull it off. Yeah. She's physically capable. Well, she's, she's moving fit. more she into Gwyneth Paltrow um, purview at the moment. It, what, it, kind of like a patron. No, no, no. I mean, um, like, as the real Britney Spears. Right. Is moving more into the self-help and mothering advice. I'm sorry, I got, end of I, the got spectrum. I got Gwyneth Paltrow confused with Gwen Stefani. Oh. Because identical, identical humans. Their names begin with the same first letter. Yes, that's fair. Yes, I think, I, I, I think she, perhaps she is, she's offering a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. But what she had a burning brand... Uh, attached to the end of her golden spear, and indeed was trained by Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, who like who I reckon could kick her way out of a coffin. Yeah, her and Pink. She seems pretty lithe. Pink wouldn't get buried in the first place. <laughs> she can't die. You, she, Pink can't die. Like like Gwen Stefani would punch open the coffin, go to rescue Pink out of her coffin. The coffin's empty. You just hear, and it's Pink driving driving an eighteen wheeler through the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> with a boombox on top. <laughs> with a, a boombox playing her own music. Yeah, 100%. And the radio is also playing a different song of hers. So, I'll, essentially, what I've got in my head mm. is the entire film of Troy. Yes. But change all the actors. So, Brad Pitt is Britney Spears. Yeah. Um, quick question. Can we just real quick, and we can edit this down, think of any other car- any other people with... Uh, names that are also weapons. Um. James Gunn. <laughs> Michael Kane. Michael Kane. There we go. <laughs> Michael. Michael. Middle name Sword Kane. Uh, more of a martial artist, Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Or he just runs you over with his car, the Neeson. <laughs> That's full name, Liam Neeson Skyline. 
Drake. Drake's got a weapon. What, what, like a breath weapon? Finn Co writes in, Hot Chess! <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what you need is a microwave. Ooh. And an unsuspecting friend. Is it a big microwave? I'll have to fit some chess pieces in. Okay. You put the chess piece in the microwave and you give them the old spicy chess piece. <laughs> My own brother! I, I think like, it, it could add an interesting tactical uh, development as the pieces would rotate. Do you just mean spin? What do you mean by rotate? Well, because microwaves rotate. Oh, okay, you play it in a microwave. No, no well, you'd put, the, you'd put the board in a microwave. You wouldn't get in the microwave. All right, how about this? You know um, they, have, like, they have those clocks which you, which you, you tick down. Uh, you, you push them down when your move's over, and that somehow affects the game. Yep. No, don't know how it works. There's a clock in somewhere. However, um, what those do, every time you push that button, temperature goes up three degrees. Oh, that's good. So it's like an endurance match. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, how long can you last? Like chess boxing, yeah. But rather than rather than the physical endurance of being punched in the face and indeed punching someone, it's just how long can you sit in this very hot room? Is this torture? If it's voluntary, if it's, I don't know why I pronounced it in that way. Voluntary, <laughs> voluntary torture. I'm Matt Berry. I think it's torture if you don't want to do it. Okay. Uh, but if you do want to do it, then I it's fine. I can't see why anyone would want to do it. Is all. Maybe, maybe we could like. Okay, listen, like people, people will do anything if you tell them it's good for them. That's true. You will lose so, pounds, pounds, pounds. It seems weird that you've put the you've you've used the money pound symbol, not the weight pound symbol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to Weight Watchers. That would seem strange to you. An idiot. All we need to do is tell them there's some sort of spiritual benefit to it, like hot yoga. Mm-hmm. So we get some sort of, you know, some sort of yogi character, or actually, no, sorry, a hot chess master. I was going to say, are the chess pieces sexy? Is that how it's hot? That is that is interesting. Because that would lure people in. I, I will say, every time someone's changed chess slightly, it's gone very well for them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Game of mm. Thrones chess? Billions. Chris, I've got it! I've got it! Mm-hmm. Each chess piece is both a dildo and a flashlight. Oh, we'll make a million. When you get... When you manage to reach the other side of the enemy board with a pawn, you simply have it fuck one of the enemy pawns. <laughs> you, just, you just physically insert them into each other and then you can move it like a queen. Yes, it moves like a queen. Every so it is going to be quite pricey because sex toys aren't cheap unless we make them real badly. Yeah. So we've got two options. One, this is a premier sex experience for Hatches, or this is oh just sort of you know like it's it's like buying Twister. Get a cheap set, get your mates around. You know, everyone has a couple of drinks, and then you fuck the shit out of a rook. <laughs> Thank you for picking Rook. People who are using them as dildos are going to have mo- are going to have a harder time than people who are using them as flashlights, uh, because okay, while the pawn is naturally shaped like a butt plug, I wouldn't want to put the knight in me. No, bishops maybe, rooks no. No, that is fair. Though uh, those are wider at the top, 
than they are at the base sometimes, <laughs> and that's not that's not it's good. A startling entry and one we don't care for around here. Quick question: Do mm-hmm. we put faces on the pieces? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they do they react? <laughs> We're leaning more into the premiere end of the hot chest spectrum here, aren't we? If they react. Also, sorry, do you mean react like, oh, I'm startled, or like sodium in a lake? <laughs> I mean like, oh, I'm startled. Oh, okay, so, so, So you'd insert something in, uh, probably a, a member of some kind. It would push a little switch, and then it would make this face. Oh! <laughs> Perfect, for an audio medium. Oh, but everyone knows what face I'm making. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I think this is it. We, like, we go to... Oh, we go to sex shops. We sell it as like as kind of like a like a dom sub thing. Mm-hmm. So so it's like it's like it's like a challenge, and like which one of you is gonna win, and which one of you is gonna lose, and be forced to fuck the pieces or not fuck them, whichever whichever whatever it is you want to do, you can't do that, you, you do naughty opposite, boy. Yeah. yeah, you do you do the thing you don't want to do with the pieces. I do think that we should at least queue up a meeting with Hasbro. I don't think this is Hasbro's style. Oh, neither do I. But I want to be in that meeting. You just, you just, you just want to. Go. <laughs> so, so your proposal is for fuckable chess? Yes. You know we can't make this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I knew before I came. <laughs> I wanted to take up an hour of your time talking about this. And you, and you stand up. Your trousers are around your ankles. There's a bishop <laughs> lodged on your groin, and you waddle out of there. We, we should, we should go. The game is hot chess. Thank you, Finco, for writing in. Um, we're gonna, essentially we're gonna, writing hot chess. We're going to blow the world off its axis with this. We will um, reverse the polls. Yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to turn time back Superman style. Thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends, and thank you especially for sticking with us <laughs> <laughs> through this through this increasingly problematic episode. I I thank you for sticking us through this increasingly sex-positive episode, and if you didn't like it, you're a prude. If you've enjoyed this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash friends and uh, give us some money, come and hang out in the Discord, access some exclusive episodes. Uh, you can also set, uh, follow us on Twitter at Podcast or send us a question to heartydicefriends at gmail.com. We love you so much, we have invited you to a chess game. But it's a normal chess game, but is it? And remember, just talk to them. Bye. You have to say the thing. Oh, do I? You have to say the sign off. Oh, okay. Can we do it again? Or just say it now. Okay. Just talk to them. Okay, bye. Bye.